Competition is a part of our culture, and it does have a place in motivating us and inspiring us to be our best. But all too often, and without even realizing it, our competitive push and our children can easily erode their very identity and faith that we are trying to build. You don't want to miss this important episode of Basecamp Live. Mountains, we all face them as we seek to influence the next generation. Get equipped to conquer the challenges, summit the peak, and shape exceptionally thoughtful, compassionate, and flourishing human beings. We call it Ancient Future Education for Raising the Next Generation. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Now your host, Davies Owens. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Davies Owens in the studio with... Kelly Barber. Hey, we're live. Always, well, we're always in the studio together, but what's really special is our guest is actually not in the studio, and it's Mr. Ben Bose. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Davies. Yeah, well, it, this is actually a really special podcast um, on many levels. Uh, first of all, introduce Ben. Ben, you're the co-founder of Lo- the Love and Transformation Institute, which I, we're going to hear more about, but just this whole idea in our classical world of shaping affections and, and what we love. Mm-hmm. You, you think a lot about what we love, but you've had a fascinating career, former professional Golfer yourself, um, chaplain, PGA Tour, that's pretty exciting, working with some world-class athletes, worked with FCA, chaplain for, is it the LA Angels at one point, doing a little work right. with them? So spring training, yeah, spring training chaplain. Yeah, but you're also a classical uh, Christian dad at the Ambrose School with your wife, Carrie, three kids, so you're, you're an insider. I am. Yep. Now. Yep. I've yep. always been, yeah. <laughs> I know, we, we need to do a whole podcast on like how this, yeah, how, 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 <laughs> You found this interesting uh, world that we are all in together, and of course we all know Kelly, right? I think so. Hopefully yeah. by now. Yeah. I got. I got to quickly just before we jump into the interview here. <laughs> I, I just got to tell a quick story. So, um, yeah. First of all, I, I'm very humbled and excited to be doing more um, opportunities to consult and be around the country in different places. I was just in um, Lancaster, um, Pennsylvania, at the Veritas Academy last week, and got a chance to just see what God's doing in that great school. Um, and then we had a team from Heritage Prep from Atlanta, um, <laughs> Matt Skinner, the president, and, and uh, Aaron, their head of school, and Mary's on the board. And so we're at a restaurant, and we're talking about <laughs> we're just talking about the podcast. And Mary and the folks at Heritage are big. Um, it's my former school, and a big big base camp fans. And they uh, were talking, and all of a sudden, I said something about Kelly, and then Mary looked at me, and she went, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. That that's Kelly from the podcast." <laughs> And like she kept repeating it, and like the whole restaurant's like, "This, this is Kelly from the podcast." I'm like, "All right, so uh, I, I'm gonna get a shirt made up that says this is Kelly from the podcast." Anyway, so some of us have greatness thrust upon us. I a just, podcast I had no idea yeah. you were the glue that held all this together. But I, you're so important, Kelly, that we're moving from just the intro. You're gonna be here for the whole interview because I'm just looking think, forward. To I think it. you just need to be here the whole time. So hey, let's jump into this. So so Ben, um, a lot of what you are helping us think about is we're really gonna be more faithful in raising our children and teach them to love Jesus, we're confronted with some challenges of culture. And I would, and let me just say one more kind of frame up this. One of the things that we're trying to do at base camp is there's kind of these three categories of what's going on in the culture. We you know, bring in Barna and others. I would say this is a, really a, an interview around what's happening culturally and how do we respond to it. Some of it is related just to kind of classical 101 or parenting 101. Actually, we're kind of covering all the all the topics. But let's look at our culture, Ben. When you look at what, what's going on outside our doors, you speak at schools around the country. Competition um, is one of those things that I thought was like right there with apple pies and Chevrolet. It's like, isn't that a good thing to be <laughs> competitive? What's the problem you're seeing? Well, I mean, you're right. It is right there with apple pie and Chevrolet because it's a part of Western society. 
you know, and I, I think we don't understand the realities and the implicit link between competition or competitive individualism and Western society as a whole. Okay, so what's the problem? Well, I mean, what are we? What are you seeing out there? Well, and, and uh, like we've talked about before, like it's not necessarily a problem as much as it's the reality. You know, like this is what we're living in. So what I what I'm seeing ultimately is the effects on people's lives. Uh, you know, as as we have become more postmodern, and things like meaning and morality are, are shifting. You know, or less prevalent, um, and people are still competitive. It comes down to how people are evaluating their lives. You know, and the things that ultimately provide meaning to people. Yeah. And there's a sense of like a hyper individualism and a hyper perfectionism that we'll talk about that's showing up in people's lives today. And and where you're seeing this arrive is, you know, increased rates of stress and anxiety and depression. For example, Gallup just released a report several weeks ago that the United States is tied for fifth as most stressed country in the world. And this is not against West other westernized nations. This is, you know, Places like the Philippines and Sri Lanka and Venezuela are the other. Yeah, but it's all, I think I saw that. It's also like Iran. I mean, it's like they have warlords and like, um, you know, warring factions. And we have like long lines at Walmart. I mean, like, why are we so that's fat? I mean, it's just very mm, sad, sad. That's a good word. Yeah, it's just you're right. So we're seeing increasing rates of anxiety and depression. You're linking this kind of back to just a change in the way that we find our identity uh, in our performance. Is that maybe another way to say it? So, well, and to be fair, it's it's not an observation I made. I mean, the origination of it for me was uh, there's a book called The Happiness Industry by William Davies. He's a sociologist in London. It's a good name, and by the way. I don't trust that name. Yeah. I, I know Davies shows up somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and he basically, in the book, it's about the competitive economics in the United States and UK post-World War II. And when he gets to the middle of the book, he basically asks the question, you know, what can we say that these competitive societies have given us? Um after all these years, and he goes on to outline that it's a depressive disorder. And he shows that competition is one of the most primary causes of anxiety and depression. Um, wherever we're comparing ourselves one person to the next um, for meaning and value, uh, we, we have a tendency to lose our own self-worth. So, and and he, he, so he goes on to basically paint that portrait. So is again, so help me split out the difference between, so I mean, competition, I mean, the Olympics are competition. I mean, it, right. it seems like, don't we want competition? Um, and I would say distinctly within schools that are striving to be classical Christian, we are, we're countercultural in so many ways. One of the preeminent ways I think is that we're willing to say one thing is good and one another is not. I mean, we, we, right. I, we're not no child left behind. Like we will leave children behind. And I don't mean that in a crass kind of way, but we're going to say this is excellent work and this is not excellent work. So that kind of a environment lends itself to be competitive by design, I guess. So it seems like, are we, are we actually playing into something that's dangerous here is in the way that we aspire for excellence in our schools? I mean, is that a problem? Well, and I think that's where we have to be more reflective, not only as followers of Jesus, but also you place the label Christian on a school. Um, like classical Christian education. And we really have to ask the question, are we putting out followers of Jesus that are more loving or just people who are more smart and competitive? Yeah. And the smart and competitive piece, they're going to swim great in this society. You know, ambition and competition really drives society yeah. today. And, and so that's something we have to wrestle with as a follower of Jesus individually. Yeah. It's about me being more loving or is it, you know, about being more competitive. Yeah. Well, and Ben, I think you hit on something there. You had you had shared some research with Davies and I 
study that was kind of a linear study over about 30 plus years, just kind of looking right. at this issue. And one of the one of the phrases that jumped out to me and, and contrasted with what you just said was this idea of the perfectible self in our neoliberal world, right? The idea that what we're really doing is competing to become a perfect person. And immediately, of course, hopefully all the red flags of Christianity and Christianity go off in our heads when we hear, I'm going to become the perfect person. And so maybe talk a little bit about that, about what the end goal is, what the end identity is that's shaping our culture now as opposed to what it should be. Yeah, and I think it's important to reference that study, you know, a, a longitudinal study from 1989 to 2016 by three British researchers, 41,000 sample size. That's mm, huge. Yeah. College students in the US, UK and Canada, and they found a hyper perfectionism in the youngest generation. And you go, well, what is causing that? You know, and we have no sense of meaning of self or coming from other places, something bigger than ourselves. And your art- cultural articulation now has become the best version of yourself. You know, where the human is the ultimate judge on what is valuable about mm. themselves. Mm-hmm. And then you're comparing that to everything else going on around you in the world that's being paraded in front of you all of the time. Naturally, there's going to be this conflict. That study even also references that people were having a wrestling between their virtual selves and their real life selves as to which one was better. Hmm. And so wow. I that's, think you, you used the term neoliberalism. And I think that's a really important term for the listeners to understand because most of the time in our hearing, we would go straight to this is a political term about liberal politics, and it's actually not that. It's an economic term about free and competitive economics, and it really is what our our society sits on is neoliberalism, and and it's an important term for people to understand because it really does explain all of society of competitive individualism. That is the easiest way to describe what neoliberalism is. So maybe drawing that distinction out a little bit further, kind of getting what Davies talked about. So Paul, right? Paul writes about we want to run as a champion, right? We want to run for the prize like an athlete. I mean, he uses the Olympic Games idea, right? And and obviously you yeah. as a former golfer, maybe there's right. something there because it's an individual sport versus a team sport. But what is the – how do we pull that out then? What's the difference in the prize that's being chased in one rather than the other? Yeah, there's health and growth, health and being stretched, you know, so there are good forms of stress that will cause us to be better. But I think when it comes down to our value in society is based on performance, everything that's visible that people see about us. And I think that is where we are culturally, where character doesn't matter as much. Internal values and core values don't really matter. It's really all about performance and the metrics. Um, then we become, it becomes very dangerous. You know, what we're, what we're running for is ultimately this value in our character growth and maturity as followers of Jesus, as we grow and change and living in this world, you know? So, so, so Ben is the core. So I'm just very specifically what in a day in the life of a young person or even an adult, what is it that where have we exchanged the wrong, you know, where are we looking at the wrong thing for this sense of identity? And I, and can I, I mean, I would guess that certainly for a lot of teenagers and adults, again, with the rise of social media, we've gone from being, uh, in kind of embedded Christian communities in which our identity is in in the in the standards of that community or being welcomed into that fellowship. And now we I guess we're living in this age where, you know, you, you hold your breath and wait for how many likes you're going to get on your Instagram post to decide if you're a worthy human. Is that basically what you're talking about? Well, social media and gaming, for sure, like social media being a competition for who's happiest playing itself out in non-reality, a game nobody wins. Yeah, you know, and then gaming being a competition for who's most respected, 
right. playing itself out mm. in, in non-realistic environments. I mean, mm. you hit it on the nose. I mean, these are these are environments where people are in constant comparison with one another and, so, and having a lot of dissatisfaction paraded in front of them. Sure. So, I mean, so I think, I mean, in terms of why is the shift happening culturally, it's because people, again, are not identifying at the ultimate level in Christ, but they're not, they're not, their primary communities are not even, ver- it's, I mean, you can have students that are in physical schools all day that, like you said, or I think you made a comment earlier, like you live these two lives. So you're living a life outwardly, putting on your school uniform and being kind of a, you know, in, in the perceived to be in a community, but your heart and your mind and your identity are bound up in a virtual community or in another place that's not even real. Yeah. And how much of it, what percentage of what you're seeing is actually real in the life of another person, mm-hmm. you know, so you don't even know if what you're comparing yourself to is something that's actually real or not. Right. You know, or just only, or just only the good things in their life. Right. And so I wonder, again, if we're not aware of that as educators, and I think this is that tension, are we in the world, are we not of it? We have a lot of families that are, you know, flip phone families, and they're just kind of living their own, um, and I say Amish in a good way, like we need to kind of sometimes pull back, doing a little Benedict Option thing. On the other side of it, we Did you just call me Amish, Davis? I'm not... Uh, you're really keep more, going. I'm sorry. Really keep more going. Mennonite, keep going. but I just was gonna. I won't really. That buggy outside kind of made me wonder. But at any rate, um, whatever point I was trying to make. No, I think. How do we? I think that it seems like you're. I mean, the point here, Ben, is that if we're not aware, it's easy to. We can. We can to some measure protect our students from all of this. But the just the air we breathe is a competitive air, and I think if we then step in and Correct. we do things like create a school environment in which we are not careful how we, and I see, I've seen this in our school sometimes, like we sometimes will um, talk about who got what grades in the class, and all of a sudden we just elevated that up. Um, grades are have their place, but if we're not careful, that just feeds this fire that's already brewing inside a lot of young people around. This is, now I'm being identified because of my grades, or maybe you're a coach, Kelly, or on the, on the field, like how, how do we, or on the court? Well, yeah, and, and again, pointing back to the study, that I mean, one of the issues that jumped out at me was the increase in time parents are spending with kids if you stop right there it's great right? yeah if that yeah. was the only end of the study I'd be like, great <laughs> but the problem is what it says is in comparison to time they're spending with kids and leisure activities and just discussing and and engaging them in ideas has decreased yeah. because they're increasing their amount of time spending that they're spending with kids working on their grades because now again the end is how do I create this perfect resume for my kid to get into the perfect college to have the perfect career man that was really that was disheartening to read I thought man we probably think we're doing the right thing by adding all this extra time but we're driving the wrong end again yeah, and, and yeah. reordering the affections incorrectly yeah boy and we're gonna go to a break and we're gonna come back and I want to kind of talk what do we, how do we what do we do with that but I mean gosh wouldn't that be I, I mean, I just, I don't even have the right word for it. I mean, to be, what, there's nothing worse than being a parent with great intentions, but you're actually working against yeah. everything you care about the most. Like it, that is just the ultimate disappointment. I totally. Think. Like, I've been feeding my kids this breakfast, but it's really got this poison additive in it. And I didn't even realize it. Like that is a horrible discovery. So, <laughs> so, so at any rate, well, that's cheerful news. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> we'll be right back and continue this conversation with Ben Boast on competition. Gordon College is one of the nation's premier Christian colleges and located just north of Boston. We offer students extraordinary access to leading edge opportunities for intellectual, professional, and leadership development. We prepare graduates for the increasingly complex challenges of a global society. In the tradition of Boston's great liberal arts institutions, we are what Harvard used to be, a place where a strong faith and a strong intellect 
are complementary, not contradictory. Gordon is a place where we'll be better prepared for a greater purpose. Find out for yourself. Check out gordon.edu and plan a visit to campus. Well, welcome back here at Base Camp Live with Kelly in the studio. It is Kelly. <laughs> From the podcast? From the podcast. <laughs> All right. I am so excited you're here. Um, and Ben Boast, who's now on the podcast. Uh, ben, we're talking about yeah. this idea of competition. So you're making a great point that isn't, is competition good or bad? It's really like wake up and it's the air we breathe. So it is just where we are it's in this moment. Um, and what do we do about it? I think that, so let's kind of turn that direction. What do we do, Ben? What do we do that's, uh, should we just yeah, make, I think you bring, make, yeah, you bring up a good point, you yeah. know, that this is not a discussion about whether competition is right or wrong or good or bad. It's the reality of how life is working for us in Western society, and we need to learn how to live it in a healthy way. Um, the other piece is, you know, as educators, teachers, coaches, administrators, you know, we have to be aware that of how people are showing up in our environments today. Yeah. You know, they're showing up with higher levels of stress and anxiety, potentially depression, and we have to be able to, to work through that. So I think the solution comes down to really a single question, how... How are you going to participate in all of it? Because the reality is we don't have to participate in all these things. Uh, we have choices we can make on how we want to live life uh, in the midst of all of it. It really is the being in the world, not of the world. I think that is becoming more and more critical for followers of Jesus. Like, how do I live in this world that is hyper-individualistic and really competitive? Yeah. And so, what, yeah. Go ahead. No, and so I, so what, but what does that mean? I mean, can, maybe, you want to... Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just thinking about ways yeah. ways you deal with that as a parent slash coach. I mean, I, I can I can remember very clearly two distinct things from my baseball life as a child. Um, as a, probably about sixth or seventh grade, we had one kid on the team whose dad never came to games. There was clearly very absent in his life, and whenever he did, this kid felt immense pressure. It was crazy to the yeah. point where he would eventually just shut down yeah. and almost looked like he was failing on purpose. Yeah. And I remember thinking the difference in what that kid had to be getting from his dad as opposed to my dad, who I was a constant statistic guy. <laughs> I always wanted to know. I mean, I could tell you my my batting average to the probably to the 10th of a point after every at-bat, and my dad would come home and I'd go 0 for 4, but we'd win the game by 12 runs. And, and my dad, who was sometimes my coach, sometimes not, would say, well, what happened? And I'd say, I went 0 for 4. <laughs> and you'd say, yeah, but what happened? Yeah. Well, we, we won by 12 runs. Well, yeah. good. Yeah. Did you do anything yeah. to help your team? Well, yeah. Okay, well, then that's what's important. And the the way that is being driven yeah. into me over and over and over. And he was a very successful high school athlete, played for like a big football factory here in Idaho, you know, growing up. There was a, a Bora High School was dominant. For, but the way he reshaped what was important and reshaped my affections in that way was huge. And, and it's something hopefully I've taken into me into my life now yeah. as a coach, because yep. that makes a huge difference. You can tell so much. Ben, ben you get it. I was looking at one of your slide decks. We were talking about this. There's, there's, I guess you snapped a photo of, of a poster outside of a, is it a hockey rink? <laughs> yeah. In Chicago. <laughs> in Chicago. And it's go, tell what's on there. I just said, that's exactly your point, Kelly. Like this is oh. a notice for parents walking into the game and here it is. What is it? It says something like these are kids. This is a game. You do not play for the Blackhawks. Neither you nor your child play for the Blackhawks. And then in like small <laughs> writing at the bottom, it says, if you have any questions about this, feel free to call the ice department. We'd be happy to explain it to you. Yeah. But again, it's just, <laughs> yeah, our true colors come out. But I mean, that's where you see it. I mean, and I can think, I can think true. of, yeah, I mean, we all tell these stories of, you know, 
even students who you know, struggle or we're going through junior and senior thesis and you get parents that some of I've seen actually situations so intense where the parents can't be in the room because a kid can't even do their right. Like, I, I, like, I jokingly said to a couple of parents yesterday right. in our halls, who's more nervous, you or the kid? Oh, it's crazy. And it was crazy. A couple <laughs> I of them. I mean, I was saying it to ones that that yep. wasn't the case, but it was because I'm seeing things around me and going, oh man, this is right. crazy. And, and again, one of the things that came up in that study was, are we literally getting to a point where we're acting as parents, as social conduits, right? Like we're we're putting through our kids mm-hmm. everything that's, I mean, that's the age old story, right? This is a Hollywood theme for forever, right? But it's amazing how true it really is when we stop and look at our lives, how much value we're putting on where our kids go to college and how that so, then puts value in our lives. So, I mean, again, I want to really kind of keep it super practical. I mean, is so what would be the problem? And I see this often, um, you know, we do lots of schools do projects, we do projects. And so there's the whatever it is, you know, build the medieval fort and some, some kids like glue sugar cubes together. And then some kids show up and it's like, you know, some like engineered thing out of balsa wood with like <laughs> led lights built in. And I'm like, I'm not sure you built that. Did your, <laughs> and I mean, so is that, is that what we're talking about? I mean, like just back off, like quit trying to f- do everything. It's because what are you saying to your kid when you've built them an, you know, an led artic, you know, hired an architect to build the medieval castle. What does that mean? I mean, is that, is that the problem? Well, if I can jump in here yeah, real was, quick. Yeah. Kelly, I think you illustrated perfectly what happened in neoliberalism and its take is metrics became the source of measurement of value. Hmm. And so I think a really practical solution to some of this is us who are speaking into the lives of people and, and children is we have to change the conversation about what's valuable. Hmm. We have to understand where value comes from and, and let them know that they're more valuable than the metrics. They're more valuable than performance. They're more valuable than all these things. And a classical Christian environment is a perfect environment for that. And that is a really practical solution is, is are using our influence to change the conversation in culture. Because culture is telling them you're only as valuable as your performance, your ranking, your number. And sometimes the parents are the worst source of that. Absolutely. You know, we, we don't understand how we continue to propel it in the lives of our kids by the way we're modeling it and living our lives. And so really a practical discussion about value is one of the most important things we can do. Mm-hmm. What is it that makes us valuable? Yeah. It's not the metrics. So being self-aware of the things, again, it's that simple adage. We've talked about what we value, we celebrate. So, I mean, what are we celebrating all the time? You know, back to your example with your dad, are we celebrating the performance or just the spirit of the game? Like, I mean, what do we really if we just thought through, what do we what do we put the emphasis on? You know, well, and, and, and again, if if it's done right, I think Ben's right. There's a real opportunity in the classical Christian world to do it differently. Yeah, and and I think we as parents have to recognize those moments and then celebrate them and encourage our kids in those. I yep. had a teacher come up and make a statement to me about one of my kids recently, and the praise that she was giving to my kid was the kid admitting that they had that they were wrong. Yeah, and I thought. Boy, that is huge. Like, yeah. To be able to go tell your kid, hey, you know what? Right. This stood out. You yep. showed character. You showed whatever by admitting you were wrong. Yeah. And then, of course, you probably didn't learn that from me because I'm not very good at admitting I'm wrong. So, right. so yep. there's something out there that we need to celebrate and encourage and, and help shape those affections in the right way. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So, Ben, let me kind of another angle on this. You, you quote in uh, some of the materials you're working with, Emil Durkheim, the sociologist, and yeah, um, and he's and he's sort of um, looking at the the state of society, and, and he's looking at suicide and disillusionment, and disappointment. A lot of the things that we were talking about are just out there. And he he coins this term um, 
anemi, which is meaning a sense of aimlessness, despair, and social disconnect that arises from the inability to reasonably expect life to be predictable. So it seems like one of the things that just inherent in a in our classical Christian school world is that there is predictability, and maybe sometimes we're criticized for it, like uniforms are all the same, and grammar school kids walk in lines, and expectations, but we're also predictable in that we, we're not unclear as to who we are, and, you know, we read literature, there's not a, it's not just everybody offer their opinion, there's a structure. So is, is that actually part of the antidote? I mean, when we look at putting kids in, in more predictable environments, does that help offset this? anxiety? Well, I, I think so, for sure, especially if you look at that description from Durkheim, you know, there are, there's also the piece in there of people feeling very unguided in the choices they have to make in our society today, or the, the lack of social norms. Yeah. And a classical Christian environment is not that at all. I mean, there there's morality and ethics. There are things that guide our life. There's something bigger than ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, if you think, if you look back to like the greatest generation, at least even in the world wars that were being fought, they had a sense of unity and community around something bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of it was country, some of it was God, you know, but the reality was, is it, you were part of something bigger and things were a little bit more predictable, even in instability at that time. Right. And, and I think that the classical Christian environment does provide that it it provides a lot more predictability and stability for someone who's in it. That's good. Well, I know we're, we're about out of time. So, um, Ben, any any other just words of wisdom? I think as as a as a parent and an educator and just a culture watcher. I mean, what have we? What else can we do? Just to, and how else can you encourage us as we try to sort through this? Because it's a pretty weighty concern out there with where our culture is. Yeah, I, I would just go back to something I said earlier. I think self reflection on how we're participating in it, and and the reality that we don't have to participate in all of this the way that we do sometimes that we can really ask the question, like, are there subtle changes and things and decisions I can make in my life that um, really lend itself more toward value and being a part of something bigger than ourselves as followers of Jesus, yeah. you know, versus competing all the time. That would be my last you know, yeah, final a- words. <laughs> <laughs> you can say more later, but right now we are running out of time, but it is uh, yeah. uh, really good. I appreciate the work you're doing, Ben, and it's just such an important idea of let's, let's let, you know, live in this, basic gospel of the love of Christ. I mean, that's where our identity is. And, yeah, and thank you, Ben. Yeah. And I think it's, it's one of those things like, yeah, 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 yeah I know that, but Hey, we got to go to the game today. I know, but really don't, <laughs> don't miss the first part before you head off. So it's important. So, well, very good. Well, Kelly, thanks for being here for the whole podcast. Absolutely. Glad to be a part of this and love what Ben is doing. So it's very good. We'll have to have you back. So thanks so much, man. Take care. Thank you guys. Appreciate you. All right. We'll see you.